Hello, how are we all doing? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I hope everyone's enjoying 2022 so far and it's everything you wished and hoped it would be. Um, but yeah, I feel in a really good place. I'm back to training. I'm loving training my clients um, in the new gym that I'm at and people are already hitting new PBs, new super strong lifts um, already this year, which is so, so exciting. But I've also had a lot of new clients who are completely new to using resistance machines, to using free weights, any movements like squats and deadlifts, but they're wanting to get into um, strength training and using weights for the first time. But as we all know, if either we haven't yet or we have been for a while, when you first kind of venture in to that area of the gym, you know, beyond the treadmills, beyond the rowers and the cross trainers, it can seem super, super daunting. So that's why today's podcast, I wanted to make it eight tips, eight lifting tips for gym newbies. Or perhaps you're not a gym newbie, but you're new to regularly using weights in your workouts. Whether your goal is to build muscle, whether your goal is to feel stronger and fitter, or perhaps it's for health reasons, whatever your goal is, you should be including some type of strength training within your life. (laughs) I read a really good quote the other day that was like, if I didn't, if, you know, training didn't change my body at all, would I still do it? And the answer for me is absolutely yes. A, because I genuinely do enjoy it and it brings me a lot of satisfaction. And B, because I know how crucial and important using some kind of resistance in our training is for our bone health and our overall health. So, if you listen to this, I'm hoping that you are have decided that you want to do more lifting or perhaps you're just kind of scoping it out a little bit. But hopefully by the end of this, you will feel a bit more confident about, about what to do. So, number one, the first thing I would do is decide on your split. And what a split is basically a term for is what days are you going to train what? So you could do a full body split, you could do an upper lower split. And the split literally means how are you splitting up your sessions across the week. This will depend on how frequently you're going to train. Anything up to three times a week, I would recommend doing full body sessions. In an ideal world to get the most from your resistance training, if you can hit your big muscle groups three times a week each, then you're going to be in a really great place to progress um, and build strength and build quality muscle as well. If you're looking to train anything upwards of three weeks, so four times a week, five times a week, probably wouldn't recommend six times a week, but if you're looking at four or five, you're maybe better to do more of an upper and lower split. So for example, if you knew you could dedicate four days a week to training, you could do two upper sessions, and two lower sessions. And I know I said before, kind of hitting it three times a week is optimal, but that will be two longer sessions dedicated to each and therefore doing more sets on those muscle groups 
because you split it up upper and lower as well. And that also allows for sufficient rest too. You know, if you're doing three full body sessions a week, you have four rest days. If you're doing like four or five full body sessions a week, you're only getting, you know, a couple or three rest days, which isn't hugely optimal. So if you were doing an upper lower split, you would do, you know, Monday upper, Tuesday lower, maybe rest Wednesday, Thursday upper, Friday lower, and the rest of the weekend. You wouldn't do upper upper, rest lower lower. You wanna kind of split it up as best you can to give your muscles a really good chance to recover from those sessions. And recovery is super important. So once you've decided on what ultimately is realistic for you, don't, if you've if you never go to the gym, don't all of a sudden dedicate yourself to four days. Dedicate yourself to two full body days. See if you can sustain that for two or three weeks. If you can, up it to three. If you can sustain that, then increase it to four. Don't go from completely zero to 100. So once you've decided on that, it'll be a case of finding a program. And that's where I go into number two. And it would be start small. You can literally, I'm not gonna be here sit here and think, oh my gosh, if you need to hire me as a coach in order to find a workout, you can literally Google full body workout, gym workout, and you will get something that is fairly decent for a start. I would say number two, start small though. So can you just find a quiet space in the gym, maybe just a mat, potentially a bench, and just grab a couple of dumbbells, a kettlebell, whatever you can find, and just do your whole workout there. I literally posted a um, photo on my Instagram the other day that has just a full body dumbbell only workout. This is a really good place to start, A, to help build up your strength and your technique, but B, to help build up your confidence in the gym. So not just walking straight into the free weights area and grabbing a barbell, but just getting used to the movements with smaller weights, having your own space in the gym where you can just get your head down and do your own thing and chip away there. So start small, you don't have to venture out into the free weights area, find something that feels comfortable for you that you can just complete in your own time. And obviously, you can start with lightweights and then in week two, you could maybe grab a heavier dumbbell. Then number three, venture out to use more of the resistance machines in your gym. Ones that are gonna include a lot of body muscle groups all at once, so when I say muscle groups, I'm talking like your legs are one muscle group, for example, and the muscles included that are your quads at the front of your thighs, your hamstrings at the back of your thighs, your glutes, which is your bum, and your calves in your lower leg. Legs is a muscle group. It's a group of multiple muscles. Same with, for example, a movement like using a chest press machine. It's called a chest press and absolutely is using the muscles in your chest, but it will also include your shoulders. It'll include your triceps. Again, another muscle group. So using a thing like a chest press for that muscle group, the leg press is gonna engage all those muscles in your legs. And then your back as well. So your lat muscles, your upper back, into your arms, your biceps using a movement like a lat pull down is gonna initiate all those kind of back muscle groups as well. So in weightlifting and in strength training, we have two different kind of movements. One compound and the other isolation. And this is exactly how it sounds. A compound lift is using multiple muscles 
in a muscle group. So for example, a leg press is a very compound movement because it's using quads, hamstrings, glutes, calves, all that kind of thing. An isolation exercise is using just one, primarily focusing on one muscle group. There might be other muscles that kind of work together to make it happen, but it's, it's a lot less muscle. So for example, a movement like a bicep curl is pretty much isolating out your biceps. So especially if you're doing full body sessions, you wanna include as many compound lifts in there as you can so that you're not in the gym for hours and hours on end. If you were to do all compound lifts and isolation exercises for all the muscles in your body, you're gonna be there for a very long time. On the other side, if you're doing more of an upper lower split, you have room and you have time to do some more isolation exercises. For example, on a leg day, you could start off with something like the leg press using a lot of those muscles, and then you could move on to a machine like the leg extension, which primarily is gonna isolate your quads. So focusing on bigger compound movements on full body days is gonna be a much better use of your time and you're probably likely to get better results as well and see better progress in limited sessions. Whereas if you have a bit more time to spare, you can include a little bit more of the kind of nitty gritty things and honing in on specific muscles in isolation because you have the time to do that. But I would recommend that once you've kind of gotten used to your own little space with the dumbbell and kettlebell, is to venture out and use more of the resistance machines. They're very easy and simple to use. They've all got an instruction card next to them. Most of them are locked into one single plane of movement, so you really can't go wrong. And they all have safety stoppers. I would say that, like, I think people get intimidated by the machines at the gym, but they are the least likely thing to injure you at the gym. You're probably more likely to get injured on the treadmill than you are on some of these like resistance machines, as long as you're not being an absolute twat and going like so, so heavy. <laughs> so I would venture out into them next because once you've got used to the kettlebell and the dumbbells and some of those movements, those machines are gonna start feeling good and allow you to go a little bit heavier and push yourself a little bit more. Number four, once you're feeling pretty competent, and this could be weeks, this could be a month, this could be a couple months, you do things at your pace, but once you're feeling a bit more confident in the gym environment itself, once you're more familiar with your gym, perhaps more familiar with the people who are there, and you're feeling a bit stronger, a bit fitter, that's when I would suggest moving to bigger free weight movements, such as squats, deadlifts, bench press, hip thrusts, basically movements that you might have to venture more into the free weights, quotes, manly area of the gym. Now, when I start with clients, we kind of head in there pretty much off the bat because they've got me there to coach them. But I know it took me a really good while to build up the confidence in there when I didn't have a coach when I was um, first started lifting at the age of 18 or whatever. So that's why maybe leave it a little bit of a while before you go into these movements. And furthermore, if you've already been using the machines quite a lot, using movements with dumbbells and kettlebells, the likelihood is you'll have really worked on your form and your technique as well, which will help translate into movements such as barbell squats on the squat rack and things like that as well. I think people overthink the big bar movements as well. For example, like squats on the squat rack. Ultimately, the squat movement is very, very similar to if you're 
doing a goblet squat with a dumbbell or you were doing a sumo squat with a kettlebell. A squat is a squat, the bar is kind of just resting on a different part of your body. And people who are really, really intricate about these things will say, no, there is differences, but the fundamentals are the same and you don't need to worry about that. So instead of holding the dumbbell, you're just resting the bar on your back again. The squat is the same. And in fact, I find barbell squats easier to get stronger in because you don't have to lift and heave the weight off the ground yourself. The rack is doing part of the work for you. All you do is have to put it on your back. So in actual fact, the movement conserves a bit of energy and might ultimately be safer if you reach a point where you're using heavier dumbbells and kettlebells that you're more likely to injure yourself by just kind of lifting with them with your arms. So once you're at a place where you feel more confident, that's when I would suggest bringing in some of these bigger movements because they are ultimately gonna be the things that are testing your strength the most and are gonna help work more on, for example, your core stability than things like um, the machines will as much. So, number five, and this is important from throughout, from starting small to using the machines to getting onto the barbells, is track your sessions, track your lifts. Write down what you've been doing, whether that's in a notes app on your phone, whether you've got an app, whether you've just got a book that you carry with you. It's so important to ensure you know what you did in your last session or last week or last month. The process of building muscle and building strength is called progressive overload. And this basically means that you're progressively over time adding more load, which is either weight or reps or depth in things like your squats, to your body, to your muscles. Progressive overload, progressively overloading your muscles. And it doesn't just mean overload in terms of weight. As I say, it means reps and things like that as well and improving form and taking longer in your reps, slowing them down so there's more tension on the muscles for a longer period of time. A lot of people, a common mistake I often see is people will go to the gym and they'll have their kind of session in mind and it might be, you know, I do three sets of 10 on the leg press, I do three sets of 10 on the abductor, I do a few sets on the lat pull down and then I do a few sit-ups but they do the same weight every time and they always do three sets of 10 and they kind of forget what they did the last time and then they kind of just do the same thing over and over again. And in sessions one, two, and maybe in sessions three and four, you will be building strength because it's new to your body. But beyond that, that is now the norm to your muscles. Your muscles now know that they're expected to do three sets of 10 on the leg press at 30 kilograms. That's just what they do. They don't have to change in order to be able to allow your body to do that movement. They're capable of doing it because they've done it weeks and weeks before. What you need to do is continuously up the weights, up the reps, up the sets, every single session, so long as your form stays strong. When you're a beginner, this will these numbers will shoot up really quickly. Because A, you won't be aware of how strong you actually are and B, your body will have to adapt quite quickly to it. So in that time, you really, you genuinely may be able to lift heavier every single session that you do or perform more reps every single session. But if you ever get to a point where you're doing quite a heavy weight 
and you feel like your form is falling a little bit. So you are managing to shift the weight, but perhaps you're not going as deep as you would like, or perhaps you don't feel in as control as you would like. That's when you would stay at that weight until you are happy and you can perform the movement with perfect form and then build up from there. This is, all, this is so normal and it's always gonna happen. Never be afraid to do something because you're scared that your form might not be 100% accurate. Yes, I don't want people to like suddenly start flinging things around and putting themselves in case of injury. But if you have a set of 10 and you get to five and you feel your form going because it feels really heavy, no one's holding a gun to your head and making you go to 10. You stop at five, you reduce the weight a little bit so you can perform it with good form again. And it might be that on the last two reps in your set, you feel like your form is slipping a tad. And I mean a tad, I'm not meaning all of a sudden your back's rounded, your head's hunched, your shoulders are over, your core is completely flopped. I'm meaning perhaps you, you know, don't get as deep on a squat as you would hoped. That happens and that's cool. And in your notes, you write, you know, my rep nine and my rep 10, I could feel my form slipping a bit. Make sure I stick with this weight next week and keep hammering away. And that's how you get stronger and that's how you build muscle. Doing the same weights and same things over and over again, it's only gonna make, your body's not gonna need to adapt to that, so it's no need to get stronger. So that's the importance of tracking your sessions, writing down your numbers, so you know and you can look back and say, okay, last week I used a 10 kilogram dumbbell, this week I'm gonna try a 12, and go from there. Number six, set target weights for your sessions. This really helps with motivation and it really feels like exciting milestones when you hit there. So for example, a really cool one is, can you lift your body weight on the leg press? That's a really huge milestone. You know, if you weigh 80 kilograms, can you move 80 kilograms on the leg press? That's really cool. When you first, if you're completely new to training, you won't know what you are aware of reps rise and weight wise. But after a couple of weeks in, you can start setting some targets. So for example, if you're doing, you know, you're starting small where you're just finding your own little space and you're doing a full body workout, maybe you're trying out some push-ups, which are not including weights, obviously, but a very important movement. Perhaps you can only do three or five off the knees at the moment. Perhaps a goal is being able to do one off the toes and setting those targets and give yourself a time frame as well. Say it's January now, say by the end of March, I want to be able to do a full push up from the toes um, by the end of March. So what do you need to do in order to get there? Well, I need to be practicing push ups every time I go to the gym and perhaps by the end of February, I need to make sure I'm at a place where I can do over 10 from the knees to be able to even think about being able to do just one from the toes. And then you've kind of got these other milestones as well. Say, okay, well, by the end of February, I need to be doing 10. By the beginning of March, I need to start practicing off the toes. Even if they're not very deep or they don't go very well, I'll need to get used to the feeling of it. So having those long-term milestones so that you know, okay, in four weeks time, I need to hit X amount of kilograms so that by that time, I'm at my target weight. It's really cool and that's the most, that's the best thing about strength training in my mind is that it takes the focus away from how you look, what the scales say, what your waist size is and it instead changes it to something that's actually so much more motivating and something that you can really see and visualise happening 
as you get stronger every single week and being able to look back on your sessions and say, wow, look, I managed to add 10 kilograms to my leg press weight in the space of two weeks. Look at me, what a machine. <laughs> so setting target weights is super important and super motivating. Number seven, nutrition. I'm gonna brush over it because it is important. And you might be going into this like, I don't really wanna think about changing my diet. I just wanna get stronger. But that's kind of overlooking a really, really big piece of the puzzle. Now you're gonna get <laughs> exposed to, as you kind of entwine yourself more in the gym world, you're gonna exposed to like all these kind of supplement companies, try to peddle useless fricking supplements like BCAAs, EAAs, all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying worry about that kind of stuff. What I am saying is worry about your protein intake. Well, don't worry. <laughs> Focus on your protein intake. Protein is absolutely key. So getting this through your diet is obviously ideal. Protein sources look like eggs, beans, pulses. Obviously, if you eat meat and fish, meat and fish are gonna contain protein. But um, you know, any good like tofu, seitan, any decent meat alternative product is probably gonna be based around a soya protein, which is gonna be high in protein. So ensuring that you're getting those in your main meals. And then obviously, especially perhaps if you are someone who's veggie or vegan, is including some protein powder in there, it's gonna help ultimately, it's gonna help protein bars, that kind of thing. Ensuring that you are getting enough. And this is a really ballpark figure, but realistically, this is kind of all it takes. As a female, try and aim for around 100 grams a day. There's all these equations that kind of is, oh, if you weigh this, have this, or if you're doing this, have this amount. Ultimately, if you're getting around 100 grams a day, that's gonna really support your strength and muscle building goals. So that is ultimately what I would aim for, and you're gonna be in a pretty good place there. Proteins not only important for building your strength and your muscle, but that's because it really supports the recovery of your muscles as well. The chances are you'll find you'll be a lot sore, more sore after your sessions and your recovery will be longer if you have a low protein diet. And ultimately what that means is next time you come round into a session, you won't be able to train as hard because you'll still be sore and you won't be recovered properly. And that's no use because you're not gonna get the full benefits of that session. So include getting sufficient protein in with your recovery routine. So stretching, drinking water, having nice hot baths is just as important. Well, protein is probably more important. Bunch them together and ensure that is a priority on that front. And the only other nutritional thing is just make sure you're eating enough. If you're someone who's prone to under eating, you're gonna really struggle when it comes to strength training. You need to fuel those sessions somehow so make sure, especially around your sessions as well, you are eating because you will feel so much stronger than if you're doing it having not eaten like four or five hours. Last one, and it's very big, but have fun with it. There will be days when it maybe doesn't feel as fun and it feels like a bit of a struggle, but the majority of the time, it should be fun and if you don't find weight training fun in the kind of traditional bodybuilding kind of sense then there's other ways to include weights into your training that you might find more enjoyable so the main thing is 
don't take it too seriously, I guess. Ensure that it's something that's still bringing you joy, whether that is in the workouts themselves, like does it give you a really good endorphin rush? Whether it is seeing the progress in terms of your logbook with tracking your lifts, like holy shit, this is really exciting. I'm getting stronger each week. Are you getting a lot of joy out of how it's changing the shape of your body? H about how perhaps things in day-to-day -day life feel a bit easier? Perhaps like, you know, lifting things around at work or at home used to feel like a lot of effort and a really big struggle or carrying the shopping back, but actually now it kind of doesn't phase you as much. Be sure that you're getting lots of reward from your training and that'll make it so much more fun because it'll make it more purposeful when you are in it as well. So I hope that was useful. Let me run through them all again. One was decide on your split. So decide how many days you're gonna train. If it's up to three, I would recommend three full body days. If it's over that, I would recommend splitting it up between upper and lower. I wouldn't recommend doing more than five strength sessions a week. If you're getting up to six or seven sessions, as I say, you're not gonna recover and it's gonna stint your recovery. Number two, start small. Find a space in the gym, just grab a couple of weights. Number three, when you feel more confident, venture out to use some of the resistance machines. As I say, if you're doing full body sessions, use the machines that use bigger muscle groups such as leg press, lat pull down, chest press. Once you've built up more confidence and strength, move to bigger free weights. Movements such as squats, deadlifts, and bench press with the barbell in the free weights area. Number five, track your lifts and ensure that you're always applying progressive overload so you're always improving every single session, whether that's weight, load, reps, the amount of sets, or your form and your technique. Number six, set yourself target weights with timestamps on them to make sure that you keep the intensity high in your training sessions because you know you wanna get strong and hit that goal weight. And remember to celebrate when you do get there as well. Number seven, nutrition. Make sure you're eating enough and make sure protein is included in your diet. Spread out across the day, but ensure you're getting it around your workouts as well to help aid your recovery and help aid your progress as well. And number eight, keep it light, have fun. Make sure you are acknowledging the rewards that you do get from this style of training. And hopefully that means it'll be something that you stick with on a more permanent basis. If anyone has more specific questions about, um, you know, venturing into the gym and using weights for the first time, please shoot me a message. I'd be happy to help in any any way that I can. Um, my Instagram is at Christie underscore. Um, I would love to hear from you anyway. But yes, hope this was useful for some people, perhaps even useful for some of you as a little bit of a refresher if you've been going to the gym for a while. But I'm excited to hear how you get on and I wish you the best of luck and have the best fun with your workouts.